great to be here, amen, in the house of the Lord. I never realized how many enemies I had until Pastor Benny told me to wear this jersey. <laughs> no, I didn't. I wore it on purpose anyways. Uh, as we were praying for the children, the youth, and the Royal Rangers, I saw a, a question mark. And then I saw the question mark turn into, it straightened up, and it turned into an exclamation point. So you guys got some questions at youth camp. They're going to be straightened out. And it's going to be an exclamation point in your life. Yeah. It, it's a joy to share the word uh, and honor, really, and really an honor to serve with uh, the wonderful pastoral leadership uh, team that we have here. I would say we're, be- we're blessed with the best, and that is a true statement. And uh, so, praise the Lord. We're going to get in the Word just a little bit. Um, Just a little story first before I start. Three sons left home, went out on business, and prospered. Getting back together, they discussed what they were able to give their elderly mother. The first said, I built mom a huge home. The second said, I bought her a Mercedes with a driver. And the third smiled and said, I've got you both beat. You know how much mom enjoys reading the Bible, and you know she can't see very well now? So he went and got her a remarkable parrot that recites the entire Bible. It took 12 years and $100,000 to teach this parrot. He's one of a kind. Mama just has to name chapter and verse, and the parrot recites it. Soon after, the mom sent out her thank you letters. John, she wrote, the house you built is so big, and I only live in one room, and I've got to clean the whole house. And then she wrote to Gerald, Gerald, I appreciate the Mercedes, but I really don't travel, and and the, the driver's mean. But dearest Donald, she wrote to her third son, you have good sense to know what your mother likes. The chicken was absolutely delicious. (laughs) So if you give a gift, you may want to give a little explanation along with it. (laughs) Um, As I was in prayer yesterday, the Lord just dropped into my heart. Before I get into the message from the Word, uh, like I always call it like a text message. And I saw in my, just in my mind's eye, just really a flash, like five seconds, I saw like a ICU room in the hospital and where the monitor is, um, it was flatlined. And where there usually is a beep, 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 it was just a beep. I've been in rooms like that before, maybe you have. Something's died. But then I started to hear beep, beep, Beep. And then I started to see the flat line start to something was coming back to life again. Something maybe in your life has died. I want to tell you, God's going to bring it back to life again. Something dormant, a gift, a talent, a dream, a vision, a relationship, God is going to start bringing those things that are dormant to life Again, amen. You're going to start hearing that. Praise the Lord. Title of my message this morning is 
think I got that turned on, Pastor Benny. All right. Corrective lenses. And the second part I got from Pastor Milton when I shared just a little bit in a staff meeting what I was going to be sharing and the story from fear to faith or to peace in one second. That's what this story is going to reveal. I want to share a, a story, and maybe some of you have heard this before, and if you have, uh, please bear with me. It was 2008. Uh, we were still in Cape May, New Jersey, pastoring, and I was going to the Atlantic City Medical Center Trauma Center where one of our members was in a motorcycle accident, and uh, I was going up to see him. And I'd been to the hospital before, so I went up to Garden State Parkway, turned on to Atlantic City Expressway, turned on to Arctic, and I was going down, and I realized I'd gone a little too far, and I had to cross over to Atlantic Ave. So I come up to this light, and it said, no turn on red. So I stopped. Right behind me was this huge van, one of these huge vans. And inside of it was a guy that almost filled the front of the van. You know, he's like a, like a linebacker, you know, big guy. And so I stopped there. He stopped right behind me, and then he tooted his horn. Well, I thought maybe he didn't see the sign that said, no turn on red. So I pointed over, you know, and uh, he tooted again. You know, you can toot at me once. It's okay. But you toot at me twice, there's something like a little road rage that goes on inside him. So I went like this, you know. And then I thought, I wonder if he thought I just gave him an obscene gesture with a certain part of my hand. Then fear started. I wasn't in the best part of Atlantic City. Fear started to enter into my heart. I started to sweat a little bit. I said, dear Lord, please let him go straight when I turn. No. The light turned, he turned, I turned. It was a two-way going this way, two lanes. He didn't pull up behind me. He pulled up beside me at the next red light. Not only that, he's from New Jersey. <laughs> he got out of his van. I saw him get out of his van. I didn't know who I was dealing with. A drug addict, got a gun, got a knife, going to pull me out and beat me up. All these thoughts are going through my mind, you know? And he... He starts walking towards my car, big guy. And uh, I had my Honda Civic, and I had the window down, so I pulled the button, bzzz, took it right up like that, you know? <laughs> and he walked towards me, and he got to the middle of the road, and he said, uh, hey, buddy, I just want to let you know, the sign said, no turn on red while children are present. Well, that changed everything. So I said, thank you, bro, you know. <laughs> and my blood pressure went down and my hands got dry, you know what I mean? But see, here's the point. I perceived that situation entirely different than what it was. Perception will determine our response. Perception determines. If your perception of something or someone is off your response to them. Have you ever met somebody and you formed an opinion right away and then later you found out that your opinion was wrong? That's a change in perception. Um, another little story, a few years ago, our, uh, we had a bird in our house and I still had the 2006 black Honda black Honda, and um, he landed on the mirror. He couldn't get away from the mirror. 
and he was looking in the mirror, and, and he thought he was seeing an enemy bird. So what was he doing, right? He was peck, 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 peck. And I don't know about you, but if you know what happens when birds get excited, they do something. It's beyond pecking, right? He messed all over the side of my car. Messed up, see? His perception determined his reaction. And if we see things in the wrong way, we're going to respond in the wrong way. Reaction is determined by perception. I want us to travel back in the Bible uh, to 875 years B.C. to a little town called Dothan. And uh, I just want to give you a set up a little historical background before we actually go to the Word. Um, if you have your Bibles, you want, to, you want to maybe turn now over to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6 in the Old Testament. If you have your electronic Bible or if you have your real Bible, yeah, uh, you can turn there now. 2 Kings chapter 6. And uh, Syria was the northern enemy of Israel. It kind of always has been. And they were always invading Israel to try to conquer land, take territory, etc. And so the king of Israel would make certain war plans, battle strategies. And what would happen was God would tell the man of God, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, what they were. And then Elisha would relay them to the king of Israel and avoid tragedy, avoid being attacked. And then the king of Syria got his men together and was saying, who's, the, who's, who's betraying us here? Okay? And uh, our, our story picks up with verse 11. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 11. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria, because of this, was greatly troubled. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And he said, Go see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, Surely he is in Dothan. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and they surrounded the city. He sends a whole army to capture one man. I want to tell you what, friends. One man, one movement of God can do a lot of damage to the enemy. James writes about Elijah, the predecessor to Elisha, and says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much, causes a lot. So you don't want to mess with a man of God or a woman of God who especially is a person of prayer. The residents of this little tiny village, Dothan, went to bed in one reality, and they woke up the next morning in a whole different reality, surrounded by an enemy army. 
Have you ever had one night, one reality, and the next day through a phone call, a call from the doctor or hospital, an email, your whole reality changes? Yeah. I think for all of us, March 2020 was like, a, like that, right? It was a whole different reality. COVID-19, social distancing, wearing masks, uh, you can't go to a restaurant. Everything, everything, everything changed. And that's how it was for Dothan. They woke up <laughs> and there was an army surrounding them. Well, verse 15, we pick up. The servant of Elisha got up and went through his normal morning routine. Got up before the prophet, went downtown Dothan to the local Starbucks, got coffee for himself, coffee for the, for the prophet, and a newspaper. And uh, as he was going, as he was leaving, he noticed something different. He heard something that he didn't hear the night before. He heard horses. He saw chariots. He saw a mighty army. He saw spears. He saw swords. And, and, and the, this, this young man, this servant of Elisha, fierce, fear set in. He began to shake inside. And it says there, in verse 15, when the servant of the man of God arose early and went, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, master, what shall we do? So what does he do? He runs back inside, wakes the prophet up, and says, We're doomed. We're defeated. We're done. He was, he, he was loud. And Elisha Pulls back the curtain. What's all the commotion about? Pulls it back, studies the situation a little bit. And he says to his servant, no worries. Don't be afraid. There's more with us than with them. Uh, the, the servant said, you know, you're a prophet, but you're not a mathematician. There's you, there's me, there's our dog Samson, that's it. And how can you say there is more with us than with them? Hmm. Well, uh, we find in verse 15... Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with those that are around us. Perception determines our response. How we see what we see determines how we're going to respond. So the servant had one response, the man of God, who saw through a whole different lens, had another response where he could say, don't be afraid. Yeah, it's going to be okay. He had different contact lenses in. Here's the point. When you come in contact with God, you see differently. 
When you come in contact with God, you have a whole different perception. <laughs> uh, now, notice what Elisha does to change the whole situation for this young man. And Elisha, what did he do? Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. Yeah. This army sent from heaven chariots on fire from the presence of God now was surrounding the enemy. Yeah. And what changed this young man's perception? Right there. And Elisha prayed, and that opened up a whole new reality that was already there. If we could see this morning a whole reality that is right here, angels all around. There's a whole new reality from heaven that's around you every day. And prayer causes us to see what God is doing, not what the enemy is doing. Because what God is doing is bigger and better than what the enemy is doing. Focus on that, not what the enemy is doing. Focus on the good news, not the news. Amen? What were these eyes? Well, I think Paul and what he prayed. He said, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. All right? We're talking about what were the eyes that needed to be open. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That's what Elisha was praying for. The eyes of your understanding. Not these eyes that you see with, but the inner eyes of the Spirit. That you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. When he raised Jesus from the dead, it ends there. New inner eyesight. An invisible army. Um, let me ask you this. After Elijah prayed, had the young man's situation changed? No, the enemy was still there. But he changed. Your situation may, your situation may not change, but you can change. You can see your situation in a whole different viewpoint. You can see it through the eyes of faith. You can see it through the eyes of Jesus. And that just changes everything. Even though nothing's changed, you're changed. And then what do you become? You become a change agent. Yeah. So, um, I thought about, too, of a story in the New Testament where some guys had 
a different perception. I love this story. It's in Mark chapter 4. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along, that is Jesus, in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? What was their perception? They were going to what? They're going to go out. All right, they're going to drown. We are perishing. That was their perception. Then he arose. Hmm. I'll tell you what, when Jesus arises, something happens. When Jesus speaks, something moves. When Jesus speaks, something happens. Amen. Something has to happen. He arose. I love this. And rebuked the wind. You know, sometimes you need to do that in your life. Something coming against you, you just need to rebuke the wind and say, devil, get out of here in the name of Jesus. Amen? Just talk to him. And said, I love this, said to the sea, can you believe Jesus speaking to the natural elements? He spoke to a tree once and cursed it. Peace, be still, and notice the effect, huh? The wind ceased And there was great calm. Jesus said, peace, be still. In the Greek, it actually means hush. That's all it is, hush. And all Jesus needs to do is say hush. And things quiet down. All he needs to do to speak to you and say hush. Do not fear, there's more with you. One word from God changed everything. (laughs) Uh, You know, when you get a word from God, it's going to change your perception. That's why you need to read the word in order to get the word from God so your perception can be changed. See, if you're not reading the word on a daily basis, you're, you're limiting yourself from what you can hear from God. And brothers and sisters, this day and age, we need to hear from heaven. We need to hear from God. So this puts the word of God in you so the spirit of God can personalize it to you. But if you don't put it in you, he doesn't have much to work with. See how important reading the word? And sometimes you may read the word and say, man, I didn't get anything today. Anybody ever have that happen? I have. I read the word. I said, man, I don't know, I just didn't get anything. (laughs) But the something comes later in the day. Yeah, so if you don't plant the seed, nothing's going to grow. Psalm 73, I want to just share a little bit out of this. Psalm 73, uh, the psalmist started out at a low point, like many times the psalms do. And he said, "My, my steps slipped. I almost stumbled. He said, I have cleansed my heart in vain. What we would say today is, man, I got saved for nothing. 
I mean, look at, the, look at the people around me. They're prospering. They don't have any sickness. They don't have any problems. They got a big house. They got three cars. They got all of this. Look at me. I'm serving God. And I'm just, I'm just having problems, you know? And so that was his, that was his condition. He was trying to, trying to figure this out. And then it says this. I want you to look at this. When I thought about how to understand this. Let me encourage you, when you're trying to think about and understand something, here, here's what the psalmist tells us he did. It was too painful for me. Notice that little slash. That slash is when he was quiet. And then... He went into the sanctuary of God. And notice the result of going into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. I had a whole new understanding after I went into the sanctuary than I did before I went in. Things changed in the sanctuary. His perception, he got understanding from God. He got a word from God, just like Elijah, just like his servant. He got a word from God, and he understood, okay. And it brought peace to his heart. One word from God can change your whole inner perception and your life. I remember one morning, we were still pastoring in Cape May, New Jersey, First Assembly there, and I was sitting on my couch in my living room early in the morning when I had my devotions, and I was doing two things. I was praying and worrying. Anybody ever done those together? Let me see your hand. Yeah. You pray, you worry. You pray, you worry. You know, there was a problem going on in the church, and, um, and you know, pastors worry about problems. You know, they got their own problems to worry about, but you know what? They also, in a good sense, they worry about you. So-and-so is sick. This, this couple's, ha you know, you know. anyways, um, pray for your pastors. You need to pray for your pastors. I know you do. Continue. Amen. Make their burden easy and light by your prayers, praying for them. That's the side note. Uh, so I was sitting there praying and worrying, and uh, I got a word from the Lord. You know, sometimes his word just comes out of the blue when you're least expecting it. And I was just sitting there, and here's what the Lord said. <laughs> I was thinking about this problem. He said, Wes, I like it when God calls you by, his first, by your first name, man. He never calls me Newell, you know? Wes. Uh, problem is not your problem. Your perception of the problem, that's your problem. How you see the problem, that's your problem. And I'll tell you what, I went away from that time in prayer with a lighter spirit because I had a whole different picture on the problem. It's like Samuel. He said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I went in 
and I came out different. (laughs) You know what? Before you go out into the day, you need to go into God's presence. It'll change your day. Amen? It'll change your day. Like Pastor Sean said, you need to worship God every day. Have a praise time every day. I mean, you don't have to do it for 30 minutes unless you want to, but have a time just to raise your hand, worship God, and, and get alone with God. It'll change your day. And you know what? When it changes your day, it's going to change somebody else's day. Because instead of walking into the office, if you go to an office grumpy, you're going with a good spirit. Because you've met the king. Praise the Lord. Hmm. A, few, a few closing thoughts I want to leave with you. Kind of takeaways. First of all, don't forget perception determines reaction. Before you react, check out your perception. Lord, am I seeing this right? Sometimes we can, to use the expression, put our foot in our mouth and say something before we should say it. Um, Second, challenge your own way of looking at things or at people or at situations because um, your perception may be wrong. That is a possibility. Yeah, that is a possibility. Challenge your own perception of things. Third thing, every day, Ask God to give you new eyes to see people and problems and the potential. You see, uh, remember when Samuel was called to go to Jesse's house to anoint the new king? Who was the last one chosen to come forward of Jesse's sons? David. See, God saw something in him that even his father didn't see in him. (laughs) Here's a word for you today. God sees more in you than you see in yourself. There's more in you than you see in yourself. Don't put yourself down because God sees more potential in you than you see in yourself. You might be even say, oh, I, you know, I can never do that. You know, whatever. No, 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 no. God has put potential in you. And you need to see the potential that God has put within you. I mean, who in, who in their right mind would have ever called Peter to be a disciple? Right? But Jesus saw something that nobody else saw. So ask God to give you eyes to see yourself and other people. And here's so important, friends. Before you walk out into the day, go into the sanctuary and get a word from God. It'll give you new spectacles. It'll cause you to see people in a whole different light. Instead of getting angry with them, you'll see who they are and you'll love them. Prayer changes everything. Prayer changes everything. Praise the Lord. Let's just take a little while right now. And I want to pray for you. Before I do, I just want you to take a little quiet time. 
and just say these, kind of say this, Lord, is there anything that you have to speak to me right now? I mean, just try to focus your mind, focus your attention on not where you're going after the service or what else is happening, but just on the Lord. Say, Lord, is there anything, anything you want to say? Father, I pray for uh, my, my friends here this morning. And I pray for those that I know there's those that are hurting, discouraged, facing an uncertain future, facing sickness, facing obstacles, challenges. And I pray right now, Father, that you would grant them an extreme amount of peace. I pray for them like Elisha prayed for the servant that their eyes would be opened and they would see that they are surrounded by the presence of the Lord. And he changes everything. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's going to be a great day for you. It's going to be a great week for you. It's going to be a blessed time. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to worship, and Pastor Sean is going to lead us. And I hope you have, uh, as Pastor Benny always does, the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. I'm so